Welcome to Words to Inspire, lifelong empowerment from God's Word. I'm Ruth Coghill, your host. Have you ever wondered if and where you fit into God's plan? Today, I'll join by phone best-selling author Liz Curtis Higgs, who has been answering that question over the last few months. Through Liz's study book, The Girls Still Got It, she shows how our sovereign God used an unlikely candidate to accomplish his purposes, Biblical Ruth. Don't miss today's show, Liz's insights and research into this amazing story of redemption. Welcome back to Words to Inspire, Liz. Wonderful to be with you. So excited about our big ta-da ending. (laughs) I can't believe that we have done five segments, and today we're doing the sixth of the six-segment series that we're doing on your book of Ruth, The Girl Still Got It. Wow. It has been such a journey, and now we're coming to the last chapter, and I don't want to leave this book today, but we have some great surprises for our listeners today on Ruth chapter 4. And there are 22 verses. And wow, we have just come out of the threshing floor and seen God at work in so many ways through Ruth and Naomi. And now Boaz has said that there might be a secondary, well, that there is a secondary potential kinsman redeemer and thrown us for kind of a little bit of a loop here. But Naomi is willing now to wait and tells Ruth to wait to find out what happens, because the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. So I pray, Liz, that we can settle the matter here on Words to Inspire in this fourth chapter of the book of Ruth. So bring us in. Where is Boaz as we enter the last chapter of Ruth, and what does it mean to the story? Well, we left at the start of the day with uh, Ruth returning home, speaking with Naomi. And so now it's morning. From the darkness of the threshing floor, now it's morning. Yes. And our Boaz is sitting in the marketplace. The way this worked, at the city gate, there were um, seats built into the walls, like a bench all the way around the wall. You can still see this in Israel today. It's where all the business of the town was conducted. It was the marketplace. It was uh, a place of law being conducted, uh, property exchanging hands, what have you. It all happened there in this town gate area. So that's, of course, where Boaz would go because he has business with this other kinsman redeemer. And so Ruth 4, 1 begins, when the kinsman redeemer he had mentioned came along. So already we see another one of these uh, appears to be a coincidence. <laughs> yes. is a God incident. You know, it could have been weeks till this guy showed up, but he's right there on schedule when we need him. Boaz says, this is very important, come over here, my friend, and sit down. (laughs) This is, he knows this man. He's another, he's a kinsman. He knows his name, but he doesn't speak it, nor is he ever identified. This is huge. This is God's way of saying, don't worry about this man. He is not the hero. He doesn't even matter to me or to this story. This guy is not going to be a threat to our story. Wow. No name. He doesn't need a name because that would have been a name that would be added that was unnecessary. Right. What he called him was, in Hebrew, Poloni Elmoni, which is a way of saying, frankly, John Doe or so-and-so. Oh. Buddy, it, it, it is not... It is not even a term of respect. 
um, come here, my friend, and sit down. Oh. <laughs> Puts the guy in his place. And actually, for Boaz, sounds a little bit um, unkind. Well, he doesn't mean it unkindly, but he is literally putting the man in his place from the beginning. So the man goes over and sits down. What Obviously, else? he respects Boaz. Yes. Then Boaz takes ten of the elders of the town, that was the number that you needed, ten men of standing, and has them sit. So these men of standing are sitting. Got it? Then Boaz <laughs> says to the kinsman redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. And I'm sitting back in my seat going, what? When did this turn into a real estate deal? <laughs> have, have we ever had Naomi saying, I've got to have this land before? No. This is our clever, clever Boaz stepping in front of this man and offering him what he knows the man wants, land. Remember I said many times, I think, that the promised land belonged to each of the tribes and you could never sell the land outside of the tribe. But you could sell it to a kinsman redeemer in the family because you were perhaps land rich but cash poor. He who had money could buy this land, allowing you to live on it and be cared for, but in the end, the land belonged to him. Got it? Yes. He knew this man, this Redeemer, would be very excited about property. Boaz goes on in this legalese. I mean, this kills me. It's so like you'd read in a real estate document. <laughs> I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. Legalese. We never hear Boaz talking like that. He is making sure every T is crossed, wow. every yeah. I is dotted. So he says, if you'll redeem it, do so. But if not, tell me so I will know. <laughs> For no one has the right to it except you. Pause. <laughs> and I yes. am next in line. Wow. So he's laying this all out, telling everybody who's listening, these ten elders, and frankly, probably everybody at the city gate was listening in on this one. Um, you know, you're first and I'm next. Boy, he's claiming, he's claiming his spot, isn't he? Absolutely. He says, I'm next in line, and nobody opposes that. So we know he is the kinsman redeemer who's going to step in. Of course, Mr. No-Name says, I will redeem it. We knew he would say that. Boaz knew he would say that because it's property. Only now does Boaz reveal how this is going to work. <laughs> on the day you buy the land from Naomi and from Ruth the Moabitess, <gasps> you acquired the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. This was the Levirate law. If a widow, uh, a widow lost her husband and has not got a son, then by Levirate law, his brother would marry her and the land then would be carried on in the family. Well, this guy, honestly, is not a brother. He's a kinsman redeemer. But for Boaz's purposes, he'll do. He's close enough. And he says, you're going to get Ruth the Moabitess. Now, here's the three funny things. First of all, he mentions that Moabitess thing, which is going to be a total turnoff to Mr. No Name. He doesn't want a foreign woman, no. a pagan. Secondly, he calls her a dead man's widow. <laughs> Ruth, what other kind of widow could there be? <laughs> Saying the word 
dead man would have struck fear in Mr. No Name's heart. <laughs> well, how did he die? Did she kill him? <laughs> and of course, if, if um, there is no son, if Ruth has been married and hasn't had a son, the suggestion is that she is infertile, that she's barren. Yes. So it's a three strikes against her. Notice how he does not mention any of Ruth's good qualities. None of this woman of honor, a woman of excellence, none of that's mentioned. She's a Moabitess, her husband's a dead man, and she didn't have any sons. Well, we know how the man's going to respond, and so to Boaz. Oh, I cannot redeem it. Yeah, all of a sudden, the land doesn't seem like such a good idea. Because I might endanger my own estate. He knows if Ruth has a son, he just lost that property. Right. Care about redeeming anything. He's greedy and wants the land. Wow. You redeem it yourself. He says, I can't do it. I love this. It's coming around exactly as Boaz knew it would all along. As surely as the Lord lives. Yes. I will do it. I will do it. This is intriguing how Boaz, in talking to Ruth just previously, uh, there was no mention reminding her of her background. But when he needed that information to make a point, he's quite quick to utilize what he needed. Right. And, and, and he, I wouldn't say that he uses it against her. No, no. He uses it in favor of talking this man quickly out of stepping into this role. And boy, does he ever. And I mean, it's quite obvious that uh, Boaz wants Ruth. I mean, (laughs) she has suggested it, and he has to do things right, as you say. He has to do them in order and according, according to God's plan. But let's face it, he wanted that woman. He did. Yes. Was so delighted to be wanted by her. Ruth really made that first step in proposing he was so blessed by that. He is so blessed by who she is. Oh, he definitely would love to have her as his wife. We have no record of him being married to anyone else or having any sons of his own. So this is, for this older man, a wonderful opportunity to have a great wife and the promise of great sons. Oh, wow. The story just keeps getting better, Liz. And Liz, how in the world are we going to finish this beautiful story in the time we have left? So much has taken place today in our, our segment on the last chapter. We've got the elders there at the, at the town gate, and Boaz has just done a brilliant job of presenting to the other man the story and whether or not he wants to take Ruth. And now we come to the beautiful part of the kinsman redeemer, the other man first, the other man saying that he cannot redeem, you do it yourself, which brings Boaz front and center. And our redeemer speaks and he claims us. Wow. He does it before witnesses. And you know, as you said, how are we going to wind all this? Yeah, that's right. But you know, the Bible does. After going step by step, at this point, wind up quite quickly. Today you are witnesses, Boaz says. I've bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. So all of that has been purchased. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, once again, pointing out her background so nobody is not clear on what he's doing. 
just as, as when Jesus redeems us, there's no question we're sinners. There's no question we need his grace. Ruth the Moabite, it's Malon's widow, that specific woman, as my wife. And so she's gone from being an outsider to an insider, to, from a widow to a wife, from a woman with no children, as we're going to find out literally in the next verse, um, that that's not going to be a, a, a problem for much longer. Um, and, of course, he says he reminds them of the law, maintaining the name of the dead with his property so his name will not disappear from among his family or from the town records. He's doing what a redeemer is supposed to do. Our name is written in the book of life. Oh. Yeah. And he's saying this name will not disappear from the town records. Today you are witnesses. And the elders shout out, we are witnesses. Mm -hmm. So everybody has seen this unfold. Everybody knows that this is a done deal, and it's good. And it's all been done properly. According to the law. According yep. to the law. It's just such a beautiful uh, picture for us to do things the right way. Well, and nobody... Nobody slides into the kingdom through a back door. No. You know, we come right through the front gate with who we are, Liz Curtis Higgs, former bad girl. Let it never be seen any other way. That's who I was. But the former is the key, isn't it? Who wow. we were. Ruth was a Moabitess, but now she's an Israelite. And just to make that point, the men of the community, these elders, very powerful men, May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. So they're comparing this Moabitess to the two premier women among Israelites, the women who built the house of Israel. So uh, I would say that she has definitely been accepted into the nation of Israel. Just incredible. And they continue that, uh, that blessing with through your offspring, uh, may you, your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. And then we, we get a, a clue, a, a glimpse into another part of the Israel history that has its own story, its own bad parts, its own sin, and yet, and yet God takes it all and weaves a beautiful story of redemption. I love it. Love this oh. next verse 13. Wow. Yes. Here we go. Liz, take us into this um, quiet uh, room, bedroom, uh, where they conceive. Yep. Book, uh, Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. After all of this buildup, there it is in half of a verse. I know. I know. He, then he went to her, which is so beautifully stated, you know, not they had sex. It's just so beautifully stated. And the Lord enabled her to conceive. Very important not it to is. see Ruth as barren. The Lord did not open her womb. We see that phrase a lot in the Bible because it was not closed. If you'll remember her husband, ah. her first husband's name meant, among other things, infertility. So it's quite clear Ruth was not barren. Ruth was very fertile. But God was waiting for the right man, the man who had the right seed, such that the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. So all of this happens, as I say, in a single verse. All of that. They married, 
They were together as husband and wife. The Lord enabled her to conceive. And, of course, she gave birth to a son. Now, I adore my daughter equally as I adore my son. And she, when she had daughters, if they came later, I know loved them as much as this son. But it was important that at this point in the story, a son be born. Yes. And so this is not one of those, a boy is more important than a girl. No, no. But in that culture, a son was necessary so that the family line would continue. And now it's the women. I oh. this, Ruth. The women of the community, those same women that were waiting at the gate to say, can this be our Naomi? Now they say to Naomi, praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. You see, Ruth was redeemed with the property, but that still left Naomi uncared for until a son is born in the line of Elimelech, and now she, too, is redeemed because of the birth of this baby boy. The women bless the boy. May he become famous throughout Israel. They say to Naomi, he'll renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Literally, he will care for you in your old age. But any grandmother knows that when that grandchild is laid in your arms, you feel new, young, all over again, just holding a baby. Absolutely. I can, I can agree with you on that point. I have 10 grandchildren. I love it. And I'll tell you, every one of them is so precious. And just, just renew your faith in God and his creativity in his love and care for us. And wow, wouldn't you love to have been there when those women who now they have changed their view of Naomi as well? Yes, absolutely. She is now refreshed. Yes. Now they talk about Ruth for your daughter-in-law who loves you. That is a phrase we don't find much in the Bible, of a woman loving, in the most appropriate sense, another woman. Your daughter-in-law who loves you, and then who is better to you than seven sons. You could give no higher compliment. Every woman wanted sons. Naomi had two and lost them. But now they're saying, oh, but this Ruth, she's better than seven, the number of perfection. Seven sons. It, they couldn't say anything more praiseworthy of Ruth. That woman has given him birth. Just a reminder that God has used Ruth to bring all of this family back in alignment with God. And the future looks very bright indeed. Wow. And I love then in verse 17 where the women living there said, Naomi has a son. Wow. That kind of hit me when I looked at that. Well, I know, because you're thinking, wait a minute, isn't this Ruth's son? Yes. yes. Yes, but for Naomi, a son has been restored to her. She has, she has become a mother again, as it were. She has someone to care for. And in fact, she does care for him. And I love that, that she nurses the child. It says she laid him in her lap and cared for him. She was not a long-distance grandmother, Excuse me. She was right there ministering to this boy. And can't you imagine the stories she told? <laughs> and not only is she got food to eat and life, but she's got this renewed. Everything that she lost in the past, 
for everything that she had lost in her husband and her sons, she's now regained. What a beautiful story. And of course, we, we uh, know that Obed was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. And from that line, of course, came Jesus Christ. And what a journey, Liz Curtis Higgs, we have been on with this story. What is the takeaway that you would like to give our listeners? We couldn't possibly cover it all in our time together, but they can get your book, This Girl's, uh, pardon me, The Girl's Still Got It, and your many resources. Uh, Liz, what is the takeaway for our listeners in what we have covered in the last six times together? We can only see what is right in front of us. That is all we have the capacity to work with. But God knows our first day and our last. He not only knows our future, he has shaped our future, he holds our future, and it is good. Ruth could never have imagined that she would become the great-grandmother of David, the king of Israel. She could never have known that. She could never imagine this long lineage that would finally lead to the kinsman redeemer, our kinsman redeemer. But she was faithful in the small things that were right in front of her and trusted God for that big picture. That's certainly the lesson I needed to learn. And so I pray my sisters and brothers will understand that as well. God has got this. He has the big picture and it's good. And it is God's story that is unwinding and unfolding and being unwrapped in Old Testament and New Testament and our lives today. You know, Liz, I believe that if the Bible were written today, any of our stories could be in it when we have a kinsman redeemer and our lives bring glory to God. What a wonderful time we've had. Thank you so much, Liz, for helping us walk through the pages of Ruth with this six-segment series. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We just love you and pray that God will continue to bless you and the many resources you have to help us live the Christian lives and be Christ followers that will glorify him forever and ever. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much, Ruth. I've loved every minute. Me too. God bless. And I'd love to hear from you, my listeners. Email me with your thoughts or comments about today's show, ruth at wordstoinspire.ca, or visit my website, wordstoinspire.ca. You can also visit the store on my website where you can purchase the first of my WOW Bible studies, Woman of Worth, Lifelong Encouragement from Psalm 139, and just released the four-DVD set to accompany that first book a great resource to encourage you in your spiritual journey. God's Word is so powerful, and Words to Inspire wants to stir up your desire to memorize, meditate, study, and apply the life-changing truths of Scripture. The theme verse for this book on Ruth, this series that we are doing, I've chosen from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the message, and it reads, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Tune in again next week, same time and station. I'm Ruth Coghill with Words to Inspire. Bye for now.